I'm walking towards the Austin Motel. At the entrance, there are people inspecting a Tesla sedan. On the other side of the fence, some pale out-of-towners are laying by the pool, probably trying to sweat out last night's open bar. There are neglected iPads popped up on stands, promoting another app that will change the world. This is South by Southwest. Past the iPads, there's a gutted motel room filled with virtual reality gear. One of the VR experiences is called Dear Angelica. JP is a volunteer in the room. When they come out of things, like, what's the normal reaction? It varies, but um, usually people who are new to VR, like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And um, uh, it's, it's nice seeing like how into it a lot of people are. Like with Dear Angelica, you can usually tell when someone really enjoys it because they'll like get up out of the seat and like move their head around everywhere. People are really amazed by Tiltfish. They're like, oh my gosh, this is, this is amazing. They've never seen anything like it. And usually we get a lot of people that have never experienced it before and they just, they love it. I sat down in a plush chair Goggles that resemble a high-tech welding mask were strapped to my face. Right, how's that feel? Super tight. There we go. Oh, sweet. Yeah, that's good. Cool. Cool. All right. Here are the earphones. And here are the controllers. Whenever you're ready, just pull the trigger to start. I'm in a white space station. I look down and see that I'm wearing white puffy gloves, pants, and boots. I'm wearing a spacesuit, preparing to head outside to make some repairs. I pull myself out of the hatch and am floating, looking down at Earth, a glowing blue speck in a sea of black. I clumsily fix the malfunction. As I shimmy back towards the cabin, a chunk of space debris severs my safety line. I flip chaotically through space, not knowing which way is up. What even is up in space? Stop it, Steve. This is no time for philosophical questions. Detethered in black emptiness, my jetpack is my only hope for a safe return to the space station. I can see my destination, and I begin heading towards it. Oh shit, I'm almost out of gas. I use my last burst to propel myself in what I think is the right direction. I'm getting closer, close. I reach, stretch, but I'm too far. I float past as the galaxy looks on indifferently. I just died. I, I missed... I missed the space station and I overshot it with my jetpack after I got detached. I just kind of floated off into dark space because the sun had just set over Earth. Just starting to see what Tom means by feeling small once you get up to space. What follows is my conversation with Tom, the man who led me to my virtual death. How, what, what, what is your... Uh, spiritually, a spiritual upbringing like in England, and how did that kind of fit into the rest of yeah. English religion? Well, I, I, you know, I think 
one of the main differences I think between America and here is that religion's very on show here, but in back in the UK we kind of keep religion at home. Well, that's kind of how it's been. So I was born a, a Catholic, but I went to a Protestant school. You know, I, you know all those kind of things, and it, it wasn't something that we really talked about or worried about really. Um, I think as you get older and you leave those things, and you're not, you know. Uh, going to church services or things like that, which sometimes you have to at certain schools, then you uh, start to look for different versions of spirituality. And I think for us, I mean more our generation than the people in the UK, but I feel that these institutionalised religions are just too hypocritical for the life we lead now. There's too many things which we discover which would lead us to believe that the things we were taught aren't true. So I think a lot of us in our generation are looking for some kind of spiritual resonance which makes us feel more comfortable. And especially as a man, I think our place is not as identifiable as it used to be within society, whether it's North America, uh, Europe, or um, you know any part of the world. So I, I get a lot of sense, for a lot of guys I speak to as well, we're searching for some kind of meaning or resonance in what we do. Interesting. How, how would you describe what you do? Uh, currently as a job. Yeah, I mean, I'm, mm. we're, we're, we are at South yeah. by Southwest, and I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure, like, it seems like within the first 10 seconds of any conversation, I get the question, what do you, what do? You do? Yeah, oh, yeah, man. Just, just yeah. take a quick stab at it. Yeah, yeah, oh, I quite like it. So you know? you're probably good at answering it by now. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, well, I, uh, I, I mean, I now work, uh, I'm a creative director for a company called Rewind, and we're... Uh, a content creation company, but we specialize in augmented reality and virtual reality. Um, so we work with brands, we work with gaming companies, uh, we work with storytellers, we make films, you know, we do all sorts of stuff. So uh, it's not all necessarily all about the money, it can be about the project and the experience. And the reason we're here right now is we're with a, a brand called The Future of Storytelling, who are an incredible company based in New York, which really invest into the future of what we would do to tell stories, which actually VR is now obviously one of sort of the pioneering things in the modern telling of sort of stories and how we, how we choose to tell them. Um, yeah, so that's kind of why I'm here. Uh, and it's, uh, South by Southwest is an incredible place. It's my first time here. I love Austin. I think you're very lucky to live here. So th- th- I guess the reason this, this interview is happening is, is because I, I, I did. I took the dive and mentioned yeah. uh, that I do a podcast called Farming God. Yeah. And I was expecting a courteous, courteous nod and kind of yeah, move yeah. on. But, but then you kind of got on to something about... Uh, and which is something that I have naively ranted about, like in groups of friends over a beer or so. But, but I really have no idea what I'm talking about. So you, you mentioned the possibility of virtual virtual reality and spirituality. I've wanted to dive into this, but I yeah. with like fear of sounding like like a yeah. fanatic kind of Scientology. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I appreciate it. it. Must be really difficult for you to be able to speak about spirituality without people wanting to connect it to a religion. Right. right, And I think sure, with us, yeah. with spirituality, what I was kind of talking about was, and it's something I've kind of been wheeling out a little bit here because certain dots have really connected for me on certain things, seeing here and hearing what people are talking about, uh, you know, artificial intelligence, connecting with the human hive mind, things like that, which resonate to me about the creation of like a collective consciousness, which is some of the spiritual, you know, I mean, there's loads of guys who have been talking about that for years, and that's kind of maybe the internet was the beginning of that collective consciousness about us all being interactive with each other but yet being independent at the same time. So, the project I'm here with is, is a project called Home, which is about, based on a British astronaut called Tim Peake, and he went to space, and we've kind of created a 
mission simulation of something he would have done on the SIS space station, International Space Station. Now, when, when I, we were kind of looking through it, I came across something called the overview effect, which is something that astronauts get when they go to space. And they look down on the planet and they see the fragility of it. And they have, they, the only way they can describe it is it's like a spiritual awakening. It's like a religious experience, but they're not religious. And they can't put their finger on what it is. Um, and they come back fundamentally changed. You know, they're more altruistic. They're more um, understanding of the fragility of this planet. And I find that fascinating. But yeah, how many astronauts have we had? Not that very many. But if we look at what's happening now in the world, and this is slightly veering off virtual reality, but I'll come back to that in a sec. But we've got people like Virgin Galactic doing space tourism. And the only people that can do that are the richest people on the planet currently, right? So they tend to be the titans of industry. Some of the people who might be the worst for our planet, depending on what you think. So what happens when these guys go up and have those experiences, right? Maybe they can come back fundamentally spiritually awakened. Maybe they come back and they understand the fragility of the planet and they stop, you know, doing some of the negative things that their huge companies or them as individuals decide to do. When it comes to the VR aspect of that, VR has the power to create real emotions and real memories. So once we start to stepping the technology up to a certain level, we can simulate that experience. And what if we could give the overview effect en masse to, to millions, right? What if we could make that happen for people? Mm. And they understood the significance of humanity within the universe. I think it's pretty mind-blowing that for me. I mean, that, that's kind of my, been my train thought here. Right? And yeah. It's crazy. So, so we started with stories, hanging out in the cave telling the story of how the buffalo god did this and yeah. the, we hunted this because yeah. they did this now it seems like we've moved at least uh, the mass the masses have moved mm -hmm. towards uh tv i guess yeah. as our our stories that the stories yeah, yeah. that we listen to there's so much good television now yeah. you you were involved in television for a while weren't yeah you? yeah no i i um I worked in the film industry, so I didn't go to college or university. Like uh, I left school, I'm very dyslexic, uh -huh. but I've always been a lateral thinking of, you know, I kind of see the world in a slightly odd way, which has been really difficult when it comes to formal education and understanding and religion and reading and blah, blah, blah. But um, so I just went and started working and I started working in the film industry. I worked on things like um, Prometheus with Ridley Scott and um, Robin Hood, Ridley Scott again, and uh, Downton Abbey is probably one that people kind of recognise as an assistant director. And it, it was great, man. You know, I, I did y y a good day at work was like blowing something up. I mean, that was really good fun. But then you have bad days at work where you were just sitting in a cupboard uh, all day, like listening to people read the same line and over and over again. And uh, being an AD, like you're the most hated person on the floor. And I can say that because I used to be an AD. No one ever will admit it because <laughs> no one wants to sound like a dick. But um, yeah, so that, that wasn't, a, a, from a spiritual point of view, that was a totally unrewarding experience because it was a very brutal job uh, to do. And so I had to find something else to let that creative bit out. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I moved into advertising, if you can believe it or not. Uh, and actually, I found incredible creative outlay for the way I think. Like, people really wanted to know what I thought because of, I didn't realize at the time because no one had told me, but people pay for this sort of brain, this sort of way of thinking. So it's cool, man. So... So the stories that people listen to or watch in TV, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking specific kind of like Game of Thrones. Right yeah, now. yeah. My, my girlfriend's a PA, and she yesterday she was doing that like backseat singing thing. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, like with the Aria and yeah, yeah. the other one, like driving carpool through. karaoke. Yeah, or the carpool yeah, 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 yeah. 
<laughs> the driving through downtown and they they like had like five cars following him. It was like this whole full day production. Yeah. But those characters in Game of Thrones kind of like tell a story. We're able to kind of like put ourselves yeah. at least temporarily in their shoes and kind of see the good or the evil of yeah. the characters and how we would respond in that situation. Yeah. What happens when VR is available to like like TV or HBO yeah. or Netflix is available? Well, funny you should say that. I mean, all those conversations are happening in the world of VR. You know, we're getting all those people coming to us to speak about uh, having experiences. And, you know, as the technology evolves, the story will evolve. I think one of the important things about VR, uh, especially, is that we've only had three years to understand it. Four years, five maybe, as a medium. With filmmaking and storytelling on a, like a silver screen or television, we've had over 100 years to get to grips with it. So we are so well versed in that story. It's like cave paintings. How long did they have before they worked that out? Do you know what I mean, as a telling of story? And I think if you see it in those contexts, it's kind of like, we're still learning and there's a lot of people making mistakes and then there's a lot of people getting it right and every time someone gets that VR story right we move towards understanding a little bit more so like if you're shooting a, a sort of round table scene and like you want to be part of the character so you sit them at the table with the other characters you don't put the camera in the middle of the table so they have to look round it doesn't feel right it's a bit weird and disorientating um, but there's no denying that the, the VR experience can be fully immersive, like if it's done right. So things like Game of Thrones, yeah, I mean, they're out there to be done, you know. And good luck to the guys that do it because it's, you know, it's a big thing to do. Yeah. It's an awesome project to do. I mean, anyone would bite that HBO's arm off to do it. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I am, like I said, a complete VR noob. Yeah. I haven't had, the only experience I've had is like some sort of attachment to an, like you put this Android like on your face. And yeah, then, yeah. Then it kind of looks like you're on a roller coaster for a bit. <laughs> so what, what does a, like a full VR experience feel or look yeah. like? Do the, does it exist yet? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm particularly proud of the one which we're involved with now. And you're welcome to come down to the Austin Motel and we can, I can see you in it. I think, uh, there's lots of technology coming out which starts to involve more bits of our body so our hands actually start to have resonance within the VR experience so you can see them and move your fingers and that when you do things like that and you can move your fingers and pick things up in a virtual space so it, it tricks your brain in such a funny way you accept it but it freaks you out as well in equal measure for me um, and so there are some really good stories out there uh, you know our one which is a spacewalk you know I, I my number one fear in the world is space like I, I find it to be the most horrifically terrifying environment why on earth would you want to go there ever like it wants to kill you constantly there's no it's not like going diving where you might be all right like you're dead um, and so there's a bit in our experience where you open an airlock and you pull yourself through and you look out onto the world and it just I mean, we're hooked in with biosensors in our experience, so we can feel your heartbeat going up. And my heart just goes through the roof. And so it changes then because of the biometric readings that we have in the suit, it changes the story experience. So because I appear stressed out, it leads me in a slightly different route to look after me. (laughs) And that that as a maker is really, really important. So the fact that we have the responsibility to look after the people who do our experience is not something that we should shy away from. It's really important. Mm. VR has the power to give you PTSD and it has the power to take it away. Do you see what I mean? Mm. So if makers aren't responsible for what they do, you know, I, I have no doubt in the future we're going to see some problems with this medium. Mm. You know, horror games are like a particular thing. They, you know, they can really damage people. Yeah. Um, but equally, 
maybe these stories are too good that people don't want to leave them. And then maybe that's where we start getting into this sort of connected world and then mm. you start downloading your soul to the, to the cloud and you can live in these virtual experiences. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the future future, but yeah. So what's the, what's the dark side of VR? It's <laughs> happening. I mean, you know, the dark sides, uh, it depends, excuse me a sec. It depends, um, I don't know. I, I've been listening to a lot of talks to South by about this, and uh, you know, I can't come to a, a uh, exact point on it. But one of the things I, I do kind of think is it, it, everything we've ever created is a reflection of human nature, right? So even you know, television, films, books—they're a reflection of us. There's the really dark shit there if you want to find it, and then there's the really enlightening stuff, and then there's the stuff which fundamentally leads you and grows you as a person. It's neither good nor bad. It's yeah, jury's out. It's about experience. Okay. That's what happens with the internet. That's what happens with books, with films, with VR. It's the same at the moment, you know. And I think as a species, that's what we do. You know, I'm a firm believer that we're a spiritual being having a human experience rather than a human being having a spiritual experience. Sure. So we've decided to be human beings. And one of the things I kind of feel is that we've decided to do that because we experience the range of emotions that human beings have. We're not just one thing like happiness, love, etc. all those kind of very hippie-ish, to use that word, but not in a, hopefully not in an offensive way to anyone out there. Um, <laughs> we're in Austin, man. We, we're here, yeah, exactly, right? I'm loving it. Be gentle. Yeah, <laughs> I'm loving it. Um, but seeing all the kind of, oh, sorry, I lost my train of thought a little bit there, thinking about hippies. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the dark. So the dark side and yeah. the light side. The light dark side and the light side. So we come to be human beings to experience those sides. Uh, being angry, being lustful. You know, I don't believe that every every species or every entity gets that. I think it's human. Mm. Uh, and maybe that sounds a little Doctor Who-ish. Maybe that's why he's such a fan of the human race. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> so uh, something. One of the yeah, and I can't remember who. I, I'll just leave it to Bertrand Russell. He said that enthusiasm, with enthusiasm, uh, w without enthusiasm, life is boring. With it, it's dangerous. And I'm kind of pulling this into the VR sphere. And I can't help but imagine, um, like if we think back to the story of the mythical Buddha mm -hmm. and his time as a prince, would the actual Buddha that we know have emerged without that time of experiencing everything material? And is that material, material experience of a prince, will that someday be possible through VR? Like, once you realize that you can have everything, you can drive a fast car, you can go to space, you can have all the most mm -hmm. beautiful women in the world, mm -hmm. and then you still might feel a little emptiness inside of you. Uh, oh, there's so many people that have kind of done sort of books on this. There's a, a oh, red, really? Yeah. Well, not I'm books, but more like, more like science fiction about this whole thing. So, <laughs> oh, really? so if we, if we kind of take VR, VR is the word we're using it for it right now, yeah. right? But if we look at some sci-fi stuff, you, you bump it up a bit. Uh -huh. You know, one of the reasons I'm saying I believe in aliens or that aliens exist, but one reason why they might not have got here, it, there's two reasons. Like I was listening to Stephen Hawkins talk about it, and uh, you know that guy can really go deep on stuff. But he was saying, you know, if they come here, they're coming here to destroy our planet because they want the resources. And I was like, okay, that's a bit dark, Steve. Cheers. You know, give me a pick me up here. And then he was saying, but they probably won't come here for the simple reason they've either destroyed themselves in the process of getting where they're going. And looking around the world now, we're kind of, you can see little bits of that. Or they've worked out a way to transcend their consciousness. 
to a place where those things don't matter. So yeah, if I create a, uh, we'll call it VR for now, but I mean, we're really talking about downloading your soul in ones and zeros to a cloud, to a, a heaven which we have created of our own, you know, and, and then where do you stand on spirituality on that? I mean, you can have whatever you want, whatever you want, but you never have any problems. Yeah. You know, maybe is that hell? You know, is that what we consider hell? It's where you have everything you want, you never want for anything. I think the pursuit of gaining something is actually the reward of getting it. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. If you can have yeah. everything, yeah. you know, it's why it's most of the richest people in the world are the most unhappy. Mm. There's no, uh, there's no kind of reward in getting it. But yeah, I think there's definitely a way in which we're going to be downloading bits of our soul to the cloud. You know, that's that's the kind of way in which we would go. And then in that VR circumstance, that's you can do whatever you want. So, how, how if at all could traditional religion be incorporated into some sort of? I, I keep saying VR. I don't know if it's yeah. AR, or VR. Um, what there there is a group online who is cons- is like looking into or like, this is like a foundation for spirituality and virtual reality, mm-hmm. like the good that can come from it. Yeah. Within, I mean, there is so much good within <laughs> religions if you can come at them from the yeah. side and not have it yeah, come yeah, from yeah. top down. What do you see any fit for it in some sort of more structured? besides for uploading our souls to the cloud <laughs> so i think i think with that kind of uh well what what is a soul right a soul is it's untangible <laughs> but I, you know people have talked about you know the ability to just transcribe every bit of you into ones and zeros and then you know in an interesting place i think the pursuit of spiritual happiness lies within and so you can use tools to find it but it, i don't believe that if if the church creates a VR experience to help you find God, that's not that's not you going in search of it. Up. Yeah, um, and I use God in the very open sense of just having to use a word yeah, that references yeah. a higher spiritual being. Sure. You know, so you know, spirituality is all about the pursuit for betterment for yourself and satisfaction of of your kind of place in whatever it is the universe. I think. And we're fundamentally not getting that. I mean, I don't know what you think. I'd quite like to know what you think. You know, what, what do you think? Do you think you as a man in this time, and especially being an American, do you, do you feel like you're getting spiritual nourishment here? I feel like, um, especially as the enlightened liberals that I mm. kind of associate with, it, we have come to this point of kind of beyond... Uh, gods and devils like mm-hmm. uh, we're a scientist scientists scientists prove that there's no god or devil but yeah, yeah. what then what happens when we go through these dark places or these really high places we have no story to pull from that we can see that other people have gone through this before yeah and so then we're faced with these trials and these triumphs uh, as individuals yeah, and we're not with a group of people who understands them and I think that's the greatest harm and I'm just desperately looking for something that's going to like bring some sort of healthy American identity healthy American yeah, story yeah. into this picture and yeah. I, I, I kind of hope that VR was the messiah and I, I, like you said I think it could be like some sort yeah. of tool for like just it's like, just a tool, man. I mean, it's a tool for telling a story yeah. in the same way. And if you use that tool properly, the story is incredible. And it can be life-changing. If you use it badly, it can be damaging or maybe destructive, you know. Back to England, where, do, do you agree with me on, on that kind of like 
postmodern enlightened kind of we're too mm-hmm. smart for like story kind of thing do we realize do, do you see people realizing the role of story do they call it story they definitely don't call it religion or god no no uh, I mean I think I think our generation a lot um, especially in the UK uh, especially my contemporaries I won't speak for everyone but my contemporaries we call bullshit on it quite a lot Yeah, like a lot of this stuff it's like we were taught it in school and then you look around and the world's not it's like we were told these stories and that they were real and that there are good people and good things happening and then we look around the world that's not happening so we're like okay well it's not true this isn't right mm-hmm. um, and I think collectively as well you know we, we want to be good to each other naturally we don't want uh, to hurt each other uh, I mean there are some cases with people with mental illness etc and you know they might and it's maybe not within their power to not be like that but I think by and large the human race wants to live together we want to be good to each other and stories play the part in educating us in how to get get along. Again, they're just a tool. Yeah. You know, they're something we can pick up and use when we need them. Yeah. Uh, the Viking tales, I always like. I love reading Viking mythology, and I don't know if you read it, but you really should. I mean, that's <laughs> like a different culture telling you know what's right and wrong. Uh-huh. And then you read like the Bible, what's right and wrong, and you can see. I mean, the Bible in many ways. Some people might be quite upset by this statement, but some people might not. It's a, it's, it falls for me into the category of mythology. It's the same thing. It's uh, stories with a meaning behind them, which you can take the meaning and use it how you want. You, you know, take the good stuff, you leave the rest. Yeah. I don't particularly believe it's gospel. Just like I don't believe if I read the Viking, uh, the Viking sagas that uh, they're true either. But you yeah. still get the same thing out of them if you mm. if you look for it. Where 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 do you think where can we see as twenty thirty year olds plan to see VR going in our lifetime AR or if oh, it's man. not even called VR? Well, I mean, I was just I was just talking to someone now actually, and uh, it's my belief, and I, I agree with him. He was mentioning this, but it kind of sunk in when he said it. Is that you know VR is going to be what we spend an hour on AR or MR as we call it, like mixed reality, which is kind of going to be the development of AR. That's where we're going to live. So that's going to be the thing that we have. Uh, I'll give you one example of one possibility. For example, I can walk into the room. You know, when I met you the other day, loads of people here. We had a mariachi band. It was banging. But I could walk in and a little thing could pop up over all their heads, tell me how much they're worth, which company they work for. So I could go, right, I speak to him, him and him, and I'd waste my time on him, him and her. And her and him and whatever. Really? Yeah. So that would be one use of it, right? And that's like a really, that's using it for dark. And in its own way, that's a story. You know, those are stories. I'm, I'm learning the story and creating a story about those. That's not what I think we should do with, with something this powerful. But for example, like me and you right now, if we wanted to watch a football game, we could watch the table and you could go through the plays from the previous game and talk about it and just see it on the table or move it away. Uh-huh. You know, you could see. But then imagine the more beautiful side if you could actually... Uh, you could throw up some of the world's finest art on the sides of buildings when you looked at them. So when you walked to work, you had a different gallery every day. I mean, and that's, that's, that's where we're going into the more beautiful section, mm. where you get spiritually awakened and changed and you feel things through the beautiful things that humanity creates, rather than the greed and the other bit, which is the other side. But again, like, these things are all going to happen. This is how it will be. And it's up to individuals to decide which bit they want of that. Connect with Tom at Tom Fenwick Smith on Twitter. Connect with me on farminggod.org where you can sign up for the bi-weekly newsletter that everyone is talking about. See you next week.